I'm Michael Movestro, and you're listening to the Vegas Brights Podcast, Episode 30. The Vegas Bright Podcast. From VegasBright.com. So podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. Welcome to the Vegas Bright Podcast. I am Michael Movestro, the chief editor of VegasBright.com. I'm not sure if I should be calling myself chief editor since I'm the only editor. There's no other editors. So there's no other editors to be chief of, right? Yeah. Well, anyways, that's who I am. And welcome to the Vegas Bright Podcast. It is episode 30, and uh, it's great to be doing a podcast again, trying to do one every week if I could, if not every other week. It seems like this year I've been doing like one a month and I had some things get in the way and stuff and the surgery and blah, 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 but trying to get back on the ball here. So that's what I'm trying to do and uh, happy to be doing it as always. So it's episode 30 and I wanted to introduce a new segment to the podcast. Uh, so I'll have more on that in a second. And uh, the idea came to me when I was uh, recovering from surgery, actually, uh, and I was, I was on Percocets having crazy vivid dreams and shit, uh, and <laughs> then uh, I, 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 at some point I, I remember just like waking up and I just couldn't fall back to sleep because of the dream I had and I just didn't want to go back to sleep, and uh, the podcast was in my head and I was like, no, there's things I want to do with the podcast, I want to change things around, and you know, there, I want to make some changes to it, I'm not sure what, and... And then I, you know, I, I started listening to some old, some old episodes, going back to episode one, episode two, episode three, things like that. And I realized, yeah, I need to get back to my roots. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy what we're about to do, uh, because today we're introducing a new feature to the Vegas Bright podcast or a new segment to the Vegas Bright podcast called Vegas Gone By, where we will explore a Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, or show that once was. It all starts off with Vegas news around the web, followed by the Vegas Bright Week in Review, so keep it tuned, streamed, or playing right here. The Vegas Bright Podcast is available on Vegas Radio Network, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, on VegasBright.com. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. And this is the Vegas Bright Podcast, and Vegas Bright Podcast is an extension of our website, VegasBright.com, and we have articles there Monday through Friday. Uh, so instead of waiting around all week for a podcast, feel free to check out our site and see what we've got for you. An article Monday through Friday, at least once a day. Because everyone deserves to go to a website and see something new about Las Vegas, you know? So, that's what we do, amongst other things. But you don't care about all that. You're here for the news, so let's get to the news. 
Derek Stevens bet $352,000 on March Madness. Stevens wasted no time when the brackets were announced, betting $11,000 on each of the 32 opening round games in the NCAA tournament. Stevens made the wagers at the South Point, live on the set of Vegas Stats and Information Network show on Sirius XM Radio. Silverton Sportsbook was robbed again for the second time in two months. A man ran into the sportsbook around 9.45 p.m., jumped over the counter, pulled a gun, and demanded money, police said. He took an undisclosed amount of money and fled in a pickup truck last seen headed north on the freeway. From the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the owner of the gun store lost control of his business and filed for bankruptcy. The gun store, a Las Vegas retailer and shooting range, lets customers unload on targets with machine guns, semi-automatic rifles, shotguns, and other firearms. But its 73-year-old operator recently lost control of the business to a court-appointed receiver, who is now trying to sell it. From Vital Vegas, Inspired by the Vegas Bright podcast last week where I talked about my gallbladder removal surgery, Scott shared an article tying a recent experience to Las Vegas itself. It's called 10 Ways Visiting Las Vegas is Like Getting a Colonoscopy. It's a very truthful read, so go and check it out. Mark, that's M-A-R-C-T-M, from Edge Vegas has an article, 7 Tips to Avoid Being Caught Counting Cards. I'll share tip one. Find the right game. Not every casino has a blackjack game that will be affected by counting cards. You can do research online to find the best games to play. In addition to looking for beneficial rules, you'll be looking for a betting spread with limits that you're comfortable playing. You can see the rest of the article on blackjackonline.com. And that's it. It was a short news week, although there are some more stories. So that's Vegas Around the Web for this week. You can see these and other stories in our article, Shit You May Have Missed While Being Stranded at the Airport. And when we come back, it's the Vegas Bright Week in Review featuring the stories we brought you from March 13th, 13th? (laughs) From March 13th to March 17th, 2017. We'll be back after this. VegasBright.com. We're not only a podcast. We cover news about shows, hotels, restaurants, and gambling. We also feature the Vegasy buzz around town like new construction, renovations, and future openings, as well as reviews of places to eat, experiences, hotel stays, and new things to do. And occasionally, we offer a sneak peek behind construction walls to see how a new place is coming along. VegasBright.com. And now it's time for the Vegas Bright Week in Review, featuring the stories we brought you last week. On episode 29 of the Vegas Bright podcast, I decided to use my recent gallbladder surgery as a way to help others by discussing my surgery, laparoscopic cholecystectomy, and the recovery process, hoping to ease the qualms from the bullshit that's out there on the internet. Blonde Forever reviewed Human Nature Jukebox at the Venetian, I'll quote a bit from that. Blonde Forever says, quote, The group performs a wide range of genres, everything from old school to contemporary. I am glad they kept many of their Motown numbers in the show, like Reach Out and Dancing in the Street. Another segment I really loved was their tribute to boy bands, Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, and NSYNC. If that was your era, 
you may find yourself screaming just a bit. When you can tear your eyes away from the four extremely talented singers, there is an amazing couple dancing on stage that provides added interest to the show. Jukebox is a very high-energy show. I particularly love when the fellows do the synchronized style of dancing that the groups used to do long ago. End quote. For our next story, Michael James put some meat on his bones at Rollin' Smoke Barbecue. Here's some of what he has to say about the trio platter. Quote, The hot sausage was a little disappointing, as it was neither spicy hot or particularly heat hot. The ribs were very good, as they add a little give to them when chewing off of the bone. And that rub that was used didn't require the addition of sauce. But that brisket. I used to fear restaurant beef brisket, as it is the easiest of the barbecued meat to dry out. To combat that, Roland Smoke takes the cleaver to the brisket and gets it blending with the fat to create this moist, flavorful mouthful. If I had ordered just a five-pound slab of brisket, I'd have been very content. My wife had the pulled pork. It never occurred to me to photograph her meal, but she non-verbally reported delight by rolling her eyes into the back of her head upon the first few bites. I think that meant she liked it. End quote. And our next story, Sam Isura took a flying leap for his Las Vegas birthday celebration at Sin City Skydiving. Here's part of the article where he talks about the flight and the jump. Quote, Although the day was clear and sunny, it was surprisingly chilly, especially once the jump door was opened and I swung my legs outside. The cold air hit my face like a blast of ice and stayed numb for several hours afterwards. Before I realized, we were already in free fall. It's nearly impossible to explain the number of thoughts and emotions that crossed through my mind as we plunged towards the earth. But one thing stood out. This was really happening. From the whim of an idea to actually, in just a few short weeks, I was doing something that I'd never have imagined trying before. I'd kind of expected to have a shocking jolt to my body once the chute was pulled, but that wasn't the case. In fact, I had to look up to confirm that we were now gliding. Jake, my instructor, gave me the straps to hold onto for a while. Then he steered us into spirals and swoops as we headed towards the landing spot. End quote. By the way, there are pictures and video of that jump uh, in that article. Uh, so it's, 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 a good, uh, it's good to watch. I wrote an update on the construction of Wynn Shopping Plaza complete with pictures from Paper Poster. Here's a bit of that. Quote, Construction crews have been busy in the Wynn area on Las Vegas Boulevard. Construction on Wynn Plaza, the soon-to-be outdoor shopping complex, is in full swing. Wynn Plaza will be a retail complex featuring 75,518 square feet of luxury retail space. I'm taking a guess that it'll be like crystals. However, retail occupants have not yet been announced, end quote. And so that's the new shopping plaza that uh, they're building up in, in front of Wynn, because uh, why not? From what he said, they had a bunch of space close to the strip that wasn't you know pulling any revenue because it was just greenery or nature, and might as well use that space to make money. And of course, on Friday, Big AZ Marty and myself, but just a little bit, which shit you may have missed while you were stranded at the airport. Seriously, though, it's like 98% Marty. That's like that's like all him. Uh, that's it for Vegas Bright Week in Review. You could see these and our other stories in the article, Shit You May Have Missed, 
while you were stranded at the airport. And by the way, this Friday, since uh, Marty is uh, he's off doing a work thing, I'm going to attempt to do shit you may have missed. Um, I'm not sure it'll be as good as when he does it, but uh, I, I'll give it a shot. When we come back, it's the premiere of our new podcast segment, Vegas Gone By, where we will explore a Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, or show that once was. Vegas Gone By is, well, uh, the segment is hosted by a man who is a celebrity in his own mind. My friend Vinny Extra Sausage Badalamente. We'll be back after this. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. Unless you're driving, close your eyes and go back to a simpler time. A time of Vegas gone by. In Las Vegas, it's Sun Sun at the Aladdin. Sun Sun features authentic Chinese, Vietnamese, and Korean dishes from only $6.95. Feel the magic. So fantastic. Catch the winning spirit. The Hey, how you doing? This is Vinny Extra Sausage Parlamente. Doing a little bit of a special segment here called Vegas Gone By. You know, remembering things from Vegas, that's gone by. Alright, let's do this. The Aladdin Hotel was the first major casino to open on the Las Vegas Strip in the 1960s, eight years after the area's 1950s boom period ended with the Stardust's debut in 1958. The original site of the Aladdin between the Flamingo and Tropicana hotels on the Strip's eastern side had been undeveloped desert land until 1963. Edwin Lowe, an investor from New York, eh, props, bought the property that year and built the Tally Ho, a small hotel without a casino. Why the fuck would you make a hotel without a fucking casino in fucking Las Vegas? That makes no fucking sense. I don't know what the fuck this guy's thinking over here. I don't know. Whatever. Lowe's venture, which catered to wealthy vacationers, suffered from the lack of gambling and stumbled into bankruptcy in 1965. Well, that's what's gonna fucking happen when you don't have a fucking casino. Jeez. The hotel closed and languished until Milton Prell, who previously had owned the Sahara Hotel, acquired the property in January 1996. Nope, sorry, 1966. I'm like Sinatra, I'm doing this shit in one take. Prell envisioned a hotel and a large casino, there you go, with a theme based on the ancient Persian legend of a boy named Aladdin whose oil lamp contained genie granting wishes. I can show you the world. It was a movie in the 90s. It was an animated feature that Disney put in the fucking theaters. A whole new world. Yeah, you get it. But, you know, it was, it was way before that. 
We've been before the 90s. We're not in the 90s right now. We're in the 60s. All right, let's get on. Pearls at Aladdin debuted on April 1st. April Fool's 1966. What the fuck is up? My nines are upside down and shit. All right, Pearls Aladdin debuted on April 1st, 1966 with the 150-seat gourmet restaurant and Nevada's largest casino. You see that? Went from no casino to like the biggest fucking casino that there was. That's how you do it. That's the way it goes. A year later, the Aladdin gained worldwide publicity when Elvis Presley, the king, with Priscilla, whatever her last name is, I can't pronounce it, at the hotel in May 1967. Prell suffered a stroke that year and was no longer able to oversee the resort, so he sold it to Parvin Dorman Company, owner of the Fremont Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. In 1971, the Aladdin was sold again to Peter and Circus Webb and a group of investors based in Detroit and St. Louis. The new owners pumped $60 million into improvements, including an 8,000-seat performing arts theater and a 20-floor hotel tower. That was a pretty big deal for back then. By the late 70s, Nevada's Gaming Control Board, those bastards have learned of allegations of hidden ownership in the Aladdin by organized crime members in Detroit. An investigation led to the hotel's closure and sale. You're not supposed to get caught. The Aladdin then went through a series of new owners, including Wayne Newton in 1980. You know, the Donkashang guy. You know, that could do it in Vegas vacation with the funny fucking hair. A longtime entertainer in Las Vegas and a veteran casino executive, Ed Torres. Most were unsuccessful and filed for bankruptcy. Man, the Aladdin's just got a fucking trail of bad news. In 1981, heavy metal band Iron Maiden played at the Aladdin. It was their first ever concert in America. Hey, it's some fucking heavy metal history in Las Vegas over there. In 1986, Japanese businessman Ginji Yasuda purchased the Aladdin out of bankruptcy for $54 million. Yasuda spent an additional $35 million to refurbish the resort. Yasuda was removed as the casinos operated by state regulators, those bastards, in September 1988. Yasuda placed the resort in Chapter 11 bankruptcy in October of 1989, again with the bankruptcy, and subsequently died two months later. Oh, wait, that's that's not good. Rest in peace. The property was publicly put up for sale in 1990 after months of unsuccessful private attempts to locate a buyer. The New Jersey, uh, Jersey-based Bell Atlantic Tricon Leasing Corporation acquired the resort out of bankruptcy from Ginji Corporation in 1991. All right, we're in the 90s now. That year, Bell Atlantic Tricon put the property up for sale at a minimum price of $44 million. In January 1994, businessman Donald Trump considered purchasing the Aladdin for $51 million, although Bell Atlantic Tricon declined to sell the property for less than $60 million. And you know what? It's probably a fucking good idea because Trump you know, bought that shit and went and ran down to the ground like the fucking Taj. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to get off of that. Trump decided not to purchase the Aladdin as he felt the price was too high. Interest in the property increased following the news of Trump's potential purchase with several prospective buyers emerging. In the late 90s, wealthy investor Jack Sommer and his family trust bought the beleaguered Aladdin and spent $1.2 billion on massive improvements. But in April of 1998, the Aladdin went bada-bang bada-kaboom. You know why? Because that shit was imploded, that's why. The implosion of the Aladdin paved the way for a new version of the Aladdin that boasted a pair of hotel towers with 2,567 guest rooms and a large interior shopping mall called the Desert Passage. With profits tumbling, Sama's mega resort was criticized for design problems, specifically the inconvenient stairs that led from the strip to the Aladdin's casino 
and the lack of easy automobile access from the strip. While people are scared of some fucking stairs, what's the big deal? With debts from bondholders and other creditors he could not meet, Summer was forced to cede control of the hotel to a federal judge. Once again, the Aladdin was a bankrupt property. See, I'm telling you, man, nothing but fucking bad luck on that thing. In 2003, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Las Vegas accepted a bid of $637 million for the Aladdin from four partners, including Robert Earl. Is that the Earl Sandwich guy? Did they name a sandwich place after him? I don't know. Who headed the Planet Hollywood restaurant chain. Earl revealed plans to remove the hotel's Aladdin theme and replace it with one based on Hollywood films. Eh, like some flicks. All right. The hotel officially became Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in April of 2007, with a grand opening later that year. The rooms and open areas were remodeled with the movie memorabilia theme, and work soon began on a 750 million 50-story multi-use twin tower project. But in September of 2009, the Las Vegas Review Journal reported that Ares Entertainment was buying up a part of an 860 million debt load leverage against the property, perhaps in a bid to take it over. On January 16, 2010, Starwood Hotels and Resorts Worldwide dropped their affiliation so Caesars could take over hotel operations. On February 18, 2010, the Nevada Gaming Commission, those bastards, gave Caesars the approval to take over the property. Caesars officially acquired the property on February 19, 2010. Caesars Total Rewards Program was phased into Planet Hollywood beginning in April of 2010. Since then, Planet Hollywood has gone on to major renovations, including renovations that are happening as we speak. And that's Vegas Gone By, The Aladdin. I'm Vinny Extra Sausage Battle Thanks for having me here. Michael Movestro will be right back. VegasBright.com, the Vegas website where the parking is free. And welcome back to the Vegas Bright Podcast, and that's going to do it for our episode. We hope you enjoyed Vinny Extra Sausage Battlemente. He's an interesting character. Uh, how to disguise his voice a little bit. His middle name is not the sausage. He changed that so he wouldn't get caught. Long story. Anyways, thanks for tuning into this episode, and we will see you next time. Be sure to check out VegasBright.com during the week for the articles that we are putting up this week. Uh, but it's time for some shout-outs for some other people and some other websites, actually, that I think that you should be checking out, because it's good stuff. Shout-out to Scott from Vital Vegas at VitalVegas.com. He's got a website and a podcast, so check them both out. To Mark, that's M-A-R, capital C, TM Meltzer from EdgeVegas.com. He writes in 85 different places, one of them being Blackjack Online, in addition to everything else he writes. Uh, so be sure to check out EdgeVegas.com. Anytime he writes somewhere, he puts it there so you can click the link and go to the site and go to his articles. Adam from Vegas Fanboy, VegasFanboy.com. Enjoy him while you can. He announced that his last podcast episode is going to be August 1st of this year. Uh, so we will miss him when he's gone, but we're going to enjoy him while he's still around. Uh, to Chris of Faces and Aces LV podcast, he's back doing his thing bi-weekly, so check out the Faces and Aces LV podcast at facesandacesLV.com. To Mark, Karen, and Tony at the 360 Vegas podcast, check them out at 360vegas.com. They are going to have their Vegas vacation, the 360 Vegas vacation for, uh, 
happening at the end of May. Uh, so if you're a fan of that show, you already know about that. Uh, and if not, you should go check them out at 360vegaspodcast.com. Um, one of the co-hosts, Tony, uh, giving a shout out to him and Jason Gelligan at the Vice Lounge Online Podcast. You can check them out as well. To Mark Duvall and Dr. Mike, that you can bet on that gambling podcast that you can bet on that.com. Really good gambling podcast. Check them out. Mitch and Dr. Kev at Tipping the Odds Las Vegas. That's Tipping the Odds Las Vegas.com. Uh, a great little podcast they got there. Uh, Cousin Vito at Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast. Check them out at Cousin Vito's Casino.com, I think. Google Cousin Vito Casino and, and you'll find them. Also, uh, to everyone at VegasBright.com. Uh, to Greg C. Hope your mom is doing good. To Blonde Forever. Uh, Big AZ Marty, Paper Poster, Michael James, Kelly Lamrock, Sam Monsieur, Genadius, Fisherman, Matty Ice, Sailor Dude, Michelle De Palma, George Adams, and Greg. Oh, I gotta get rid of Greg Bennett. I keep. I gotta. I gotta fix up this page. Uh, yeah. I'm Michael Movestro. Thank you for tuning into this podcast, and of course, we will see you next time. And until then, stay Vegas and stay bright.